You're listening to a Countout Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Independent Waters. I am your host, Mikey Manfredi, and joining me, as always, is the other host of this show, Zach, the world on Batista. Zach, how are <laughs> you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing fine. Today was a whatever day. Getting out of bed was rough for me because I was fucking exhausted after the show we went to yesterday. Yeah, why don't we talk about that show we went to yesterday? Because that's what today's special episode is about. Me and Zach, me and Zach Batista attended the World on GCW at Hammerstein Ballroom last night. We were there live, and we wanted to share our thoughts with you, the fans of Independent Waters. Yes. All right. So, Zach, we got some tickets to this show uh, because as soon as the show got announced, we were like, we got to go to this one. Yes, somehow. Um, and then we did end up, obviously we ended up getting some and we attended the show. We had pretty good seats. Thanks to our buddy, Lauren Rosenberg over from your dose of death. Uh, and I think all in all, the show was pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I had a lovely time last night watching wrestling and being a part of an awesome crowd. So we're, we're here to talk about our experience and how, and the show in general, how everything was, how, what we thought about everything. And, uh, just talk about, you know. What we thought of the show. Mm. Zach, how did you feel about last night? I thought it was a solid show that I had a lot of fun watching. I think the crowd really helped for my experience of it. Because mm-hmm. when I went online to look at to see what everyone was thinking, it was quite interesting to see how divided some people were on the show. Some people really liked this show. Some people hated this show. Yeah. Which was interesting to me, but also understandable in the sense of that this was a GCW show, but like... It wasn't, like, a full-on GCW show because New York doesn't let them blade, so they can't really lean into what, like, they're known for. Mm-hmm. So... Can't really lean into the deathmatch stuff. The closest that we got was the first match, which is the grab-the-brass-ring ladder match. Yeah. Which you could tell, because if you're watching any GCW or you're a GCW fan, it had G-Raver and Alex Colon and Jimmy Lloyd, three men who are known for deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk about the we're not going to talk about the pre-show uh, because it's on everyone, free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube if you want to go watch it and give your own opinions on it. You should you can go do that. You'll we're probably just talk have... about the paid portion of the show for the people who weren't able to see it. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You'll probably even honestly have a better look at the battle royal match because we were too busy looking at the entrance ramp half the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Meanwhile, the battle royal was like going off. Like you turn back and like some big move is being hit, and I'd be like, oh shit, I almost missed that. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It, 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 our, our attention was very divided because our seats were right next to the entrance ramp. So whenever an entrance happened, we'd have to turn our back to the ring. Yep. Got to get that. You got to, like, get that pop when the wrestler shows up. 
Yeah. And of course, howdy. you got you to gotta do it. They, they try to cram everyone onto this show. That was one of the big problems with it, was that they tried to cram so much into yes, such a short time span. They had three hours, and they tried to cram basically their whole roster into the show in that time. And honestly, it makes sense, because last the last GCW show that Mike and I went to at uh, Atlantic City, it went really over time. It went very long, Like, yeah. it was like, it was, I think it said, like, it'll end at, like, 11. We got out at 12.30. It was, yeah, it was a, a long show. Now, was it awesome? Yes. But at the same Absolutely. time, this they had to work more towards a constrained time frame. So let's talk yeah, it, about the uh, the first match. All right, so we're starting off with the grab the brass ring ladder match in which the contestants were Alex Cologne, Tony Deppin, Jordan Oliver, PCO, Jimmy Lloyd, AJ Gray, and a contestant. Nope, we didn't see coming. G Raver. Yeah, uh, G G Raver was replacing Leo Rush in this match. And AJ Gray was, I believe, also a surprise contender because he was supposed to have the match with Kingston, but Kingston got hurt, so his match yes. got scrapped. Sad mm-hmm. about that, honestly. I agree. I agree. That would have been a very fun match. It is what it is. So what did you think about the ladder match? The ladder match I thought was pretty solid. It was a lot of there was a lot of big flashy spots. Um oh. a lot of PCO just like annihilating people pco did look probably look the best in this match yeah or one of the best this i felt like this match was like a watching a car crash in slow motion but it was a very entertaining one yeah it was a, a lot of stuff happened uh definitely the part that almost put a damper on this match was an aj gray lat well there was one one that popped out in particular it was oh, aj yeah. gray uh there was a ladder a big ladder set up on the outside and then there was one set up in the corner oh, and it looked yes. like he wanted to do a splash over one ladder onto who, who was in the ring i want to say it was either jordan oliver or tony deppin that was laying on the ground but i might be mm-hmm. wrong anyway aj gray wanted to jump over the ladder in the corner and do a splash onto whoever was on the ground was pco yeah, whatever. but the problem was the ladder got out from under him and he kind of bailed yeah, he uh, and his fall looked really, really bad. He came crashing down to the top rope, and he like fell shoulder first into the mat. The entire fucking... arena like went silent for like a second, and then he got back up, and everyone like had like a big it's sigh. Like, oh, of relief. thank God! It's like, oh, he's fine. Like, but it did not won- look like he was fine. And he won the thing too, like shortly after this. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man, just di- almost dislocated people, his shoulder, pe- and then people are speculating that that's how he's gonna get his match with. Um... Uh, Eddie Kingston later down the line once Eddie Kingston's healed up. That makes sense. Uh, the only other spot I could think of was because G Raver, as we said, is a deathmatch wrestler. He had several spots that were worrisome. The worst one, though, was when he laid a ladder on top. I think it was Cologne, who he had laid on top of two chairs. Mm-hmm. And he almost fell as he jumped off and, like, just crashed on this ladder. And I got so worried. It's kind of why I called this match a car crash. Yeah, it was a lot of things happened. To me. Ladders terrifying. We're not cooperating like they should have been. Yeah, but these guys put everything that they could in this match. Like they went full balls to the wall so that they could with what they had. And overall, like I thought it was a good match, solid match. I agree. I agree. It was solid all around. It was definitely entertaining to watch. AJ, like we said, AJ Gray ended up winning. And uh, uh, we'll see where that goes down the line. And we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, next up. We have the six-man tag team match between Team Gringo and Team Bandito. Uh, the teams were T- 
Team Gringo was comprised of Orez, uh, Demonic Flamita, and Gringo Loco. And Team Bandito was ASF, Bandito, and Laredo Kid. Arguably the best match on the card. I will say definitely the best match on the card. I only say arguably because there's one other match that I could think of that is it's got like the, uh, what's the word? Uh, some people liked it. There's a couple matches, but this is my favorite match. Even if my only complaint is this match ran a bit long. Yeah, there was uh, apparently we I didn't I didn't hear it when we were there, but apparently over the loudspeaker system there was an announcement to bring the match home. Oh shit! Yeah, then they really went over because like they this match. To put it frank, you want you like lucha stuff. You know Ray Phoenix from AEW. It's like six of him in one ring wrestling each other. It was, it was the definition of lucha. It was so entertaining. It was so much fun. The best spot and the scariest looking spot is the. T- the Tower of Doom, like, chicken off, I guess I could call it. Yeah, there was, uh, the, the, the three-man chicken towers, uh, and, uh, the two, two people fighting on top. I can't remember who was fighting, who was on the top. I believe off the top of my head, I want to say it was ASF for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, hold on, wait, I think I actually took a picture of the tower when it happened because I was like, I need to take a picture of this. This shit's insane. Yeah. Uh, hold on. It'll take me, like, two seconds I took more pictures than I thought initially, but all right, whatever. Uh, here, it's ASF and uh, looks of it. I think I know who this is. Keep talking about the match. I'll find it in a sec. So, so we'll we'll keep talking about that spot in a second. But this whole match was just quintessential lucha wrestling. Like the, the, it was a tag. It was a three three versus three tag match. Uh, wrestled under lucha rules, which means. Uh, you don't have to, like, tag in and out. Just if one wrestler gets out of the ring, anybody on their team can just jump in the ring and start fighting for them mm-hmm. uh, and take their place. So it's it's very fast-paced, very quick, uh, and very entertaining to watch because it just never slows down. There's never, like, that awkward spot where they have to set up the hot tag. It's like, as, as long as someone goes out of the ring, the, the action can, can continue. Yeah. And, like, if there is an awkward spot, it's because they're setting up duo suicide dives or Spanish flies to the outside because they're cracking yeah, with no gravity underneath them. But I'd rather them set up, take the setup, take the awkward setup time to do absolutely banana spots than have the awkward setup time to, like, try to set up an okay hot tag, yeah. right? Like, By the way, I found it. It was a res. It was, so it was a res and um, ASF on the tops of uh on this on the tops of these two chicken towers and they were having a chicken fight and then i believe asf gave mm. uh uh asf gave uh a res uh canadian destroyer off the top of the the chicken towers which was it bonkers. was insane that spot could have gone so horribly and it but went it off didn't. without a hitch it was great it was great and it was awesome and absolutely insane every there was so many crazy spots in this match and it was just this match had my jaw on the floor oh like, yeah this I, match was wild i think the next match and they went right into the next match and i remember i remember like tapping you on the shoulder and being like wait they're going into the next match i need a second yeah i know yeah Mike, i gotta recover yep. from the banana it, shit i just it, saw literally like just like that it's like the one meme that's like it's time to duel all the time it's like it's time for more wrestling and i was just like wait I need a hold on i need to breathe that was crazy and unfortunately it kind of had an effect because the crowd was popping off and when this match came the crowd definitely had its lull where everyone was just like okay yeah after this match everyone was uh, a little tired out because mm-hmm. 
Now, originally, this match was going <laughs> to be Blake Christian. This man is overgasped. Exactly. Originally, this match was going to be Blake Christian versus Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor World Championship. But mm-hmm. apparently, I think it was last minute, Gresham couldn't make the show. Yes. Gresham so, had uh, a personal emergency, I believe. Yeah. So, remember when Mikey said Leroy was going to be the ladder match? He got slotted into this match instead. So which I was pretty Leo fucking Rush hyped for. Versus Blake Christian. In a great match, honestly. In an awesome match, yeah. Like, these two had a... Whereas the other one was a lot of flippy shit, this was flippy shit with, like, a bunch of really technical, like, wrestling in here. Like, these two were smooth as hell. They were mm-hmm. going at it. There were some really awesome spots. The one that everyone will show you online, because it was the best-looking spot of the match, was when Blake Christian jumped out of the ring and backflipped onto his feet to grab Leo Rush in an inverted DDT before then picking him up to tombstone him into the ground. It was Yeah, he, he did the Fosbury flop, as yes, he calls it. Yes, that's the one. And someone showed me, I saw a clip of it online, Mikey, and he, it was the smoothest transition. It's just like some AJ Styles shit where I was like, oh my god, that transition was god tier. What the fuck? Yeah, usually he does, he just, usually he'll do that and do a reverse DDT, but the fact that he did it into a tombstone was just even cooler. Sick. The other spot that I remember being, my jaw was on the ground was when Leo Rush went for, I think it was the Golden Rewind, which is his, as a springboard tombstone, and a tombstone, you got in my head now. Stunner finisher mm-hmm. off the bottom rope, and mm-hmm. Blake Christian saw this and just <laughs> fucking sent a just knee to the back of his knee. head, killed him. Yeah, just absolutely annihilated him. Oh, I just realized I for, uh, we forgot to mention uh, for the last match, Gringo Lo- uh, Gringo's team won. I yeah, team Gr- team Gringo was the winners of the Lucha match of the and Lucha three v three, which surprised me that they had the heels win. But you know, this there it was is. a lot of surprise booking decisions. There that. was. But back to the Blake Christian Leo Rush match. These two, this actually, I actually thought this match was quite well paced. Mm-hmm. We got into I agree. our closing sequences. Leo hit his huge rush hour, I believe, like frog splash off the top. It didn't get him the win. And I actually was fucking shocked. I was like, what yep. the fuck? And then Blake killed him and hit him with his own. I think it was like it was the 630. I might be yes. wrong with that. And he picked up the win. I was like, shit. Yeah, Blake Christian ends up winning this one over. Blake um, is Leo back. Rush. Goddamn, dude. I'm very excited about it. It was very good. It was a great match. I was like, I was feeling high after this. I was like, all right, you know, bra- gla- grab the brass ring. A car crash, but a fun match. The six man match is fucking sick. This match is great. And then it followed up, following it up, we had Cardona versus Joey Janela. Yeah, this match was overbooked as hell. Oh yeah, this match. If, and if you ever got any shit on Cody Rhodes overbooking, this match gives that a run for its money, man. Cut, there were yeah. like what, like eight, like a total of like six to seven run-ins, I think, in this match. <coughs> I think there was four. It felt so. It was so many. If you count Chelsea Green going in like every time, yeah. Though I will say this match was like peak GCW crowd on full blast. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, turn off the podcast now. I guess. Even though now it's a little late for that, considering we just talked about all we the just other added matches, the spoiler but... warning at the beginning. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, we'll do that. Yeah. And then, like, uh, maybe have, like, a timestamp to, like, skip through or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway. So, with with this match, uh, it's very overbooked, because not only did Chelsea Green get involved multiple times. Yep. Um, Hornswoggle got involved. <laughs> yep. Hornswoggle. At one point. Uh, let's Brian see. Myers got involved at one point, aka Kurt Hawkins. Awesome fucking spot. Yeah, he his spot his running was the best one by mm-hmm. far. And in a in the most confusing twist of the night, uh, <laughs> Smart Mark Sterling 
So I was like, okay, yeah. out. Heel indie manager for indie heels. Yeah, makes sense. For indie heels and also Jade Cargill. Yep. The TBS champion. Um, Smart Mark Sterling comes out and he brings out, quote unquote, Vince McVince. Yeah, Vince McMahon. No chance music, in hell plays. Everyone sings along to it. But we're all a guy in a mask. A guy in a Vince mask comes out. Mark Sterling rips the mask off. It's Virgil. Who? Virgil just yells at a fan and then leaves. Like he's just standing there and then Mark brings him back. So he did nothing. He did nothing. He showed up, walked on stage, yelled, got got into like an altercation with a fan. Mark ex- escorted him backstage, and that was it. Yeah. All this, all this resulted in was Cardona low blowing Janela and yeah. the whole crowd missing it because everyone was confused as mm-hmm. to what the hell uh, Virgil was doing. Yeah, it was a hot mess. There were like doors being smashed, chair shots galore. The crowd chants were great. There, there were was lot- one part where Chelsea Green. Uh, Low blows Matt Cardona, and everyone thought oh, she turned. Best swerve. And Janela goes up to the top to do his elbow drop, and then she hits the ropes and makes Janela fall. And then Cardona reveals he was wearing a cup. Honest which to God. was a great swerve. Top I got worked so swerve. hard. Whole crowd was baited in hook, line, and sinker. I got worked very hard. Oh, we all were totally worked. And then suddenly that happens. Like, oh, of course. And uh, this match, this match went on for this is the longest match in the car before. This went 19 minutes. I have yeah, because of all of the bat shit crazy interferences. God, oh. like I said, Myers is the best one in my opinion because this motherfucker comes out dressed like Edge from One Night Stand, does the spear spot to Janela, and he hands Cardona the victory basically. And Mikey pointed out to me too that they're both Edge heads, which is a fucking god tier callback. There were so many good callbacks in this match, mm-hmm. but it was overbooked. So the match is fucking long. Yeah. This was, um, to quote someone in our group chat for the collect, for, not the collective, for the, uh, the Countout Network, that was the most spring break match I think I've ever seen. Like, that yeah. was, that was like it, a fucking opera of a fucking wrestling match. So many, so many things happened, but in the end, Cardona does end up picking up the win against Janela. And then, uh, with the help of all of his buddies. And then not to even let there was one more run in after the match, motherfucking X Pac showed up to save yeah. Janella. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> Which was crazy. X Pac just randomly appeared, saves Janella's ass, sets up a tag and match. And chases off Cardona. Uh I think after this was then the uh the 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 I can't even call it a match. The gathering of um Yeah. I forgot what happened. Um, so basically, Mansur came out. Yeah, Mance Warner like, came out. Yeah, Mance Warner came out, and he's like, I'm injured, but I'm not going to sit in the back with the fucking Hammerstein with the best company in the world and the best crowd, you know. And then, of course, Atticus Koger comes out and takes yep. offense to something I, he said I forgot. And then the two of them start to, like, argue, and then Mansur's like, well, I may not be able to wrestle, but I can beat a dude's ass, and he jumps <laughs> Koger, who then gets the turnaround on him really quickly. He's beats down mm-hmm. Mance Warner. Then I think four four zero comes out like in a fucking drove. They yeah. beat down Mance Mance Warner. Then Matthew Justice comes out, and uh, who was it? Someone else? Something with a whistle. I forget his name right now. It's off the um, top of my head. I forgot it. Fuck. It was in the group chat. I think it's Bill Alfonso. I think so. But it basically it was the whole gang of like uh, the the extreme like hardcore wrestling gang in GCW. I can't remember the name right now, and Lord would be yelling this name at me right now, but I can't remember it. 
It was Sabu, Bill Alfonso, and Matthew Justice. Yep, because and... in the middle of this, lights turn out, crowds trying to figure out what happens, and then from the darkness comes a masked up, COVID-friendly Sabu, who just points at the air before he just chucks a chair into Koger's face. Yep. And then, of course, Jake Iron, I believe it is, who always gets his ass beat for 4 fro gets just slaughtered by them, pinned in the quote-unquote match Sabu points at the air they pose segments over yep but it was like kind of like a lull in between the next match the match that me Mikey and my brother were all fucking hyped for Ruby Soho and Ali Catch yeah uh this this match felt to me like one of the the most hype matches on the card Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to deny that. You're a huge Ruby Soho fan and a huge Alley Catch fan, so, like... Yeah. This was so, like, I was very excited for this. I thought this match was a good match. Like, these two put on a good-ass match. Yeah, definitely solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there was nothing crazy that happened Yeah, during but, uh, it. There was but... one thing that was crazy that happened, but I'll let you... It happened at the end, so, uh, you, as the super fan, what did you... Ha- continue your thoughts. <laughs> I like this match. I thought it was very... It was, it was a very scrappy battle between these two and i think that's what it needed to be mm-hmm. just like these two getting in a fight and just trying to see who's better mm-hmm. uh they both they both did some really solid wrestling and looked really good in the ring um and uh there was some kind of cool spots here and there uh which i think you want to talk about there was only one that stood out to me that i will never forget because i remember i was like she needs to do that more often which was the finish mm-hmm. where they were fighting on the top rope and, like, they're struggling. You're like, what the, what's going to happen? And then Ruby grabbed Allie's arm and pulled her off the top rope into the no future, her uh, her side, her Insiguri finisher from AEW. And it was the best that kick has ever looked. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with some finishers where they just don't look great. Like, the Bailey to Bailey's one, and that kick is another one where I'm like, every time she does it, I'm like, I just don't believe that I'll finish it. But that move, when she did it, I was like, fucking do that all the time. That shit yeah. looked great. I agree. Uh, and that did end up winning her the match. But Alley Catch, uh, I think still, like, it, it sucked that she lost. Uh, but I think she still looked pretty good because she did kick out of a regular no future, which was kind of nuts. Yes, she did. Uh, it was, there was a bunch of shit that happened. Like, Allie hit Ruby with a fucking, with her pile driver and Ruby kicked mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah. just barely. Like, that was a close call, if I recall correctly. She got her foot on the rope or something like that. Yeah, it was very close. And I was overall, I came out of being satisfied, but I wouldn't mind if the two of them fought again, to be honest. Yeah, same here. But with that, I would, lo- I would love uh, to see another match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that was where I kind of noticed that pretty much all the people from GCW didn't really like get a lot of wins in this match. Like, this is where I yeah. started to notice it, where I was like, "Huh." I'm like, you had Cardona win. We've, we've you know, been he having GCW, but Janela's like, it's Joey fucking Janela and GCW, man. Yeah, this has been the discourse of our group chat since last night of what the hell the booking decisions were. And yeah. are they good or what like what like it was very much uh we've been we haven't been able to stop talking about this show for the past like couple of since 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 we watched since we saw it. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking all day today about it. It's just like what why were these decisions made? And I yeah. think we came to the conclusion as to why. Mm-hmm. 
But we'll get into that once. Uh, well, well, yeah, once we once we get finish all the results, we'll talk. We'll we'll figure out our thoughts yeah. on it. But and let's let's continue. You'll see because the next match is where it really hit me. Where I was like, wait, hold on. Yes, Which was the ne- next match is Jeff uh, Jeff Jarrett taking on Effie. I'm gonna be real. In a singles match. Double J looked like a fucking ball. Like he looked like a badass coming out of here. Like his music, his demeanor. I was I fuck with his new look a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jeff Jarrett looked like like Zach said, looked like a final boss, and he had final boss entrance music. He looked great. The black on black looked great. Then Effie comes out, and it's like everyone's singing "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." It's fucking great. Oh, Effie coming out was awesome. Oh, it was amazing. And honestly, this match was like my second or third favorite of the night. It was a very entertaining match. Yeah, this thought, one was. I I really like this one. I thought the Jarrett did a really good job of like selling Effie's gimmick entirely like he got pissed at the ref and he's like tell him to knock that off because effie was being effie yeah there were some <laughs> brutal spots here where jared was just whipping effie with a fucking belt but effie and there were parts where jared just started attacking fans and spitting beer in fans yeah he assault he like like there was a ref or like a cameraman on the side he just took his belt and just belted this man in the neck yeah in his entrance, was brutal. tried to choke out a fan I liked it a lot because it really like gave all this demeanor to Jeff's like, I ain't here to fuck about. I'm the last yeah. ally. I'll fuck your shit up if you fuck with me. I'm here to win this goddamn match. Like, we booed it. him and he looked at us like, how fucking dare you boo me? Yeah. He got was, really, we were flipping him off, booing him, and he got pissed. It was good. I loved it. And Effie was playing, of course, the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And then the ending of the match, Effie gets the guitar and Jarrett boots him in the balls, I believe. Slams the guitar over his head and then hits him with an inverted, like a face buster with the guitar in Effie's head and pins Effie. Yeah. And I was like, the fuck? I was like, what? Why? And like, with each of these losses, like, I just, it, to me, it gave the feeling like the crowd kind of like deflated each time of like, oh. Yeah. On the GCW show where we're trying to show GCW. It's like Matt Cardona won, then Ruby Matt, Soho then won, Soho. then Soho. And I will say, props to Soho. Soho was like, I'm sorry. I yeah, think. so, yeah, after after the match, Soho, like, picked Alley Catch up, gave her a hug. And, like, that crowd cheered that. Jeff over. didn't give a fuck about Effie. Jeff walked oh, out. no, that was a blood feud. He was like, fuck all of you. I beat his ass like I said I would. I'm leaving. Yeah. And he just walks out. He's, like, lunging at, like, people. Like, like go on, do something. Mm-hmm. Effie left. Goodbye, Yellow Big Road played, and we all sang it, but it was like a sad goodbye, Yellow Big Road. Actually, sad. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, it just, yeah, like you said, it kind of just started deflating the crowd. At like those three losses in a row, just really put a damper on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and then the next, and then the next match happened. <laughs> yeah. So then John Moxley versus Homicide happens. So <laughs> of course we all pop for Homicide. We got the Puerto Rican flies given to us out. Major rep there. John Moxley mm-hmm. comes out. I forgot what the name of his theme is, but it's his GCW theme. It's, it's awesome. It's uh, uh, shit list. Yes. Great. He comes out. He looks fucking awesome like he did before. Everyone's pop for John Moxley. And honestly, I thought the, the Moxley and Homicide match was good, though some people online weren't the most pleased with it. I, I was into it. I was into it too, but they weren't the best. Like they were like homicide isn't the greatest, and I'm like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but it, it was still it was still good. It still it still felt like exactly what I expected. This pretty match much, to be, that's exactly my like feelings. A, a brawl. I wasn't right? expecting like high flying action. I was expecting two dudes to just slog it out with to big just heavy slug strokes. it out, and they did. That's exactly yeah, what happened. They, they did. slugged it out. They put each other in submission holds. It was a grind. You know, the biggest surprise in this match is by far the fact that Homicide kicked out of the normal Dirty Deeds. Uh, 
Guaranteed's paradigm, paradigm shift. shift actually surprised me. And then he, he got a rope break on the bulldog choke. I was like, what the fuck? I actually mm-hmm. thought that Mox was going to lose this. Yeah, for there was definitely there were points where I definitely was like, is Mox going to lose? This match also felt very old school in New Japan, if you get me. Like a lot of really heavy hits, like just a, kind of like a battle of wills here. Yeah. I love the ending when Homicide, like as John saw, she just flits him out and goes, fuck you. And he just. He's like, all right, well, and he just grabs him and just paradigm shifts him into a seated chair, which went into the business for itself and did not give any give to Homicide. No, <laughs> chair was homicide. like, go fuck yourself, dude. Poor Homicide. That looked rough on his neck. Oh, yeah. And Moxley won with that. The crowd mm-hmm. was deflated for that because John won. John then gave a very I was saying, the crowd wasn't deflated for that because John Moxley was there. Yeah, and John <laughs> has made it very clear that he is not going to, like, He's gonna go full in with GCW if he goes to a match. Like he's not. It really, it really does feel like he. I mean, I think, I think John Moxley just loves wrestling. Oh yeah. Especially, you know, yeah. and if if somebody's like, "Hey, John, we'll let you wrestle however you want," he's like, "I'm in." Yes. There was a very nice bow of respect for John here after mm-hmm. the homicide, which I actually really liked. Yeah. So then after this, we all us four in the crowd because it was me mikey my brother and lauren i'll realize like oh shit the tag match is left so the surprise that they're yeah. leaving has got to be fucking big if they left that for last they'd have john moxley end the show yeah so the briscoes come out they're the briscoes they look great yep and we're all sitting there we're sitting there music starts playing i can't recognize the music and then matt tremont shows up yeah matt tremont's like, theme started playing and at this point, it was when the four of us kind of realized, because we all were like, nah, Nick Gage ain't fucking showing up, because on his cameo, he looked... He looked awful, and he said him and GCW were having some problems, so we were like, oh no, no. are they having issues? Is he not going to be on the show? And then as we're and, and the whole crowd was like, as soon as Tremont came out, though, it was like... Oh shit. Wait a second. Yeah, because we, I think that the, the three of, me you, me, you, and your brother who were there, mm-hmm. we were all expecting FTR. Oh, yeah, a lot of people were, and I definitely saw that a lot of people online were also disappointed that it wasn't FTR when it got revealed. We were all expecting FTR, and then Tremont comes out, and then once Tremont came out, we all went, oh, it's gotta be Gage. And we're, like, sitting there, and it took a little bit, and then eventually, Gage's manager comes out. Dewey Donovan! Mm-hmm, and everyone that watches GCW immediately started to pop off, because we realized what was about to fucking they know who They know who that is. And, of course, out comes the arguably heart and soul of GCW. Yeah. MDK all fucking day, Nick Gage. All fucking day. And at this moment now, if you were new to GCW, I can understand why. Because we'll get to the match, why this has disappointed you. But for anyone that's watched GCW, the show could only have ended with with Nick Gage. Yeah. Yeah, if you're you're a GCW fan, this was the... This was the end of the show. In there hindsight, no other we got way. worked by Nick Gage on Cameo, which is Lauren said, I never, or I think it was Lauren Scott said, I never fucking thought I'd ever say. Yeah, um, also, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but afterwards on Twitter, I think, a- after Nick Gage showed up, I think Brett Lauderdale just tweeted, you thought. Oh my god, <laughs> this fucking guy. It's a great swerve. Like, the Chelsea Green Square was great. This one, though, I was like, oh my god, I got worse so bad. Yeah, we got work pretty hard. But Nick Gage comes out to be Matt Tremont's partner. I think they're, um, they have a name. They're I think called... their tag team name is the Hate Club. You're correct. Uh, Shit. yeah. So they came out. Uh, the Hate Club was the cha- the challengers for the Briscoes, Tremont and Nick Gage. Uh, and they had a quick match. Five minutes. 
five-minute match for the GCW World Titles on the main event because the night was coming to an end. And they needed to get their closing segment. So this match started out like there were like some hardcore spots. Like Tremont ate a lot of chairs to the face, but it's Matt Tremont. Yeah. The Briscoes got some offense in, and then like just out of nowhere, Gage hit the choke breaker and pinned, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was Jay Briscoe. Yes, I believe I believe so. I'm going to make sure this for a second. But, oh, no, yeah. actually, ooh. Uh, was it the one with the braids or the one with the bald head that got pinned? I don't remember. I want to say, actually, I think it was Mark. One of the Briscoes gets pinned, and he's clearly pissed off that he got pinned. Yeah. Because like, it was like a very close call. It seemed like a weird finish. They had to, like, close the show because it was about to be 11. Yeah. And, like, they all... So they kind of rushed the finish? Yeah. And I was just like, huh? The Briscoes losing to Mick Gage and Matt Tremont in five minutes. And crowning new GCW Tag Team Champions. Which is very confusing. And then, of course, Mick Gage gets on the mic... You get a very nice, heartfelt promo from him how much he loves this business, or loves his company, and loves the crowd. Now he's going to do it until he's in the fucking ground. Mm, the whole GCW roster trickles out. They all have PBRs, because PBR sponsored. PBR sponsored the pre-show. And they all have a nice beer, and we go off, we, they go off the air with everyone kind of celebrating Amberstein Ballroom. Yeah! And in... Uh, sorry, God. And I was going to say, and we conclude what I thought was a solid pay-per-view that I had a higher expectations for it, to be honest. In hindsight, like when I finished the show, I was like, that was awesome. But when I go back and think about it, I'm like, it did have, definitely did not reach what I was hoping it would reach. You know what I mean? I think I'm in that same camp of it not reaching my my expectations. Like I definitely thought there was going to be more, and it was going to be more. But then I was thinking today that, and like again, like over the course of the, the our discussion in the in the uh, Slack, mm-hmm. um. I w- we had high expectations of it because we were thinking of the. I feel like we came into the show thinking about this as like GCW's WrestleMania, right? Pretty much, yeah. Like all roads lead to Hammerstein, right? Yeah. And then this was the big blow off for a lot of feuds. But what we kind of realized is that this isn't the blow off. This isn't the WrestleMania because we all know their WrestleMania is the collect. This is very true. So, I think what they used this pay-per-view for, what they used the world on GCW for, was a big jumping-off point for a lot of their feuds heading to the collective. Mm. Like, I feel like we're going to get a Jeff Jarrett-Effie rematch at Big Gay Brunch or something. Yep. Uh... We're going to get... I think we're going to get Janela Cardona in some fashion at spring break. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a six-man where it's like Cardona, Myers, and... Uh, what was the other one? Um, and maybe, I, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head of who else could be, but it also would be like Janela with Stunt, who was in the match. Oh yeah, Hornswoggle. And then it'd be like mm-hmm. Janela, Stunt, X-Pac. You know, yeah. like Joey's friends. Something, like, something Car- like that. Something like that. I think like a- that. AJ Gray's probably going to get his match with Eddie Kingston at the Collective somewhere. Yep. Um, I think, Al- I don't know, I, I don't know about Alley Catch Soho. Yeah, again. but I, I would again. We I wouldn't be surprised if they if they if they announced the collective. Neither Mike Gary nor I would be surprised. Yeah, like, it just felt like like an obvious. And I think Gage and Tremont are probably gonna not have those titles very long. Yeah, that um, was another thing I thought of when it happened. I was just like, I'm like, why would you give those to Tremont and Gage? And Tremont's a retired Hall of Famer, and Gage 
It's getting up there. Gage is probably leaving soon. So I was like, hmm, not sure who you're going to give those titles to, but I um, guess we'll see. Uh, hopefully it's uh, SGC. If it's FTR somehow, though, God, imagine the Briscoes against FTR for the titles. That'd be crazy. Be wild, but we'll, but uh, that's just fantasy booking. We're here to talk about this show. Yeah, th- th- like I feel like Blake Christian and Leo Rush could easily have another match. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe, maybe like we we, we kind of had murmurings of maybe like we we were thinking maybe Leo Rush brings out Blackheart versus Allheart. Oh, dude, I when I said that I was like, please make that a thing, man. That would be so fucking nice. Right, like so after like realize after realizing that this wasn't. The WrestleMania, and it was more of like the jumping off point for a lot of feuds. The booking made a lot more sense, but on the other hand, it's like when you have a lot of new eyes on GCW, and you've been building up these talents. And in the beginning, in the beginning of the show, Brett made like a big speech about how like they have talent like Effie, they have talent like Alley Cat, like nowhere else has. Right? Like he was hyping up yeah the roster, and then that they lose. They all lose. You know, it felt like a bad way if, if this was people's first introduction to them it felt like a bad way to make a statement yeah online definitely another i definitely seen like division like some people are like that was cool but like a lot a good amount of people that were newer were like i'm not i wouldn't buy another one again and yeah. like i can't blame it because granted another thing i've also heard is um is that the production on this was not the greatest online and you can kind of tell a bit when we were going through like when they're like awkward pauses but like yeah for like a big show like this i'm not gonna it was their first time running. A, it was their first time running a show on like actual pay per view, so like yeah. I kind of get it. Like, there's gonna yeah. be some kinks. To I'm work not gonna out. judge that too harshly. And also, like as we said in the very beginning of this, this is GCW for beginners. Yeah, like, this is not the hardcore death matches that we know and love. This isn't like the full balls to the walls that they can go in plates that let them bleed or have mm-hmm. crazy matches. Like, like Alex Cologne and G Raver in a ladder match. That's about as extreme as you're gonna get with this. Like. And like, but I think I think all in all, even with those restrictions, I think the card yeah, was still very solid. Yeah, and the solid job, still oh, good. Yeah, for sure. It was a solid pay per view, in my opinion. I had a hell of a lot of good, a good time. But granted, over the years, I've kind of realized that when you go to the actual wrestling show, your opinion is going to be better because you have the crowd. It's just it's, it's way live. more fun. It's, it's way more fun being there. Oh yeah, of course. And like we haven't talked about it as much, but like the Hammerstein Ballroom crowd was fucking amazing. Yeah, there were so many good signs in the crowd, so many great chants going through the signs, the, the banners, everyone chanting. It was just, it was a really good energy. Oh yeah, the vibe was very much. It was a good vibe, and like no one was even ragging us for the match when everyone got out. Everyone was kind of like, just like we pilfered out because our time was up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the show overall I think was solid. Like if you're gonna watch this show or you're gonna buy it, you're gonna see it for the lucha match probably. Yeah. Uh, the lucha uh, match, the ladder match. Ladder match is a is a fun match. Um, I think that Jeff Jarrett Boxley homicide. That's like a good solid. Like, just if you're into like hard hitting that stuff, if you want like entertainment wrestling that's not overbooked and too long, Jeff Jarrett and Effie's good. Yeah. But if you're into like that whole run in, all these callbacks and all that, then Cardona and Janelle is a solid go for you. Yeah, speaking of callbacks, Cardona coming out to uh, uh, Enter Sandman was, was very was so fucking good. He had a fucking shirt that said for the. There's a banner of this too that said, "If Cardona wins, we riot." Like he fucking if, knew. He knew. Oh yeah, and I loved it. Cardona and Chelsea Green are like, there's so much fun to hate on. Yeah, 
They 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 do a great job at being awful. So, with all that said, all the talks, everything about like production, GCW on the world, what would you give this whole pay-per-view, Mikey? Oof, this whole pay-per-view? I think I'm going to give it a high meh. I think it was solid. I had a great time being there. Uh like definitely a few things blew me away. But like all in all, there it did. There was parts where it felt rushed. There was parts where it felt awkward. There was like a lot of spots that kind of got bungled up, you know. Yeah. Um, I think all in all, it's a high math for for the experience being there. It was cool. I enjoyed it. I uh, I'm so glad I got to be a part of it. Um, and it was like, as a wrestling show, it was okay. Yeah. So, see. For that exact reason, I'm giving the match this whole thing as a as a whole a meh. Okay. Because it was solid. There were some matches that were standout, like we said before. The ones you like, the ones that I like, you heard me talk about, I liked. But as a whole, it was fine. And the only thing, my main issue that I have with this is that the main event, and I felt bad for people who watched the line, was not a good, was not done well. Mm-hmm. Leaving your main event for five minutes at the end and rushing it is not a is that's just unfortunate. That that's just it is what it is. And some of the matches were a bit longer than I would have preferred. But overall, like you said, I had a fun time with the show. But as a wrestling show, it's a meh. Like you're not going to be disappointed if you get it. But if you want like GCW, like in its like most purest form, look up something from the collective. Honestly, yeah, you'll find what it's known for. You'll find these talents like Effie, like Ali Catch, doing like more their style of matches but i think this was a it was a pretty good showing for gcw but it could have been better but maybe that's because our expectations were just so high for it it's gcw Uh, and hammerstein man like yeah it was it was it was it was it was was like like zach said it was gcw hammerstein it was legendary it was cool being there uh i love being part of the crowd it was really really fun and i uh would do it all over again if i had the chance yeah. So yeah, Mike and I clearly were fine on it. Some people really disliked it, but honestly, that's wrestling. Like you're gonna find stuff where like people hate on things all the time. Like for instance, mm-hmm. like I remember first AW show people were hating on it and here we are now, like three years later. Like, give it time. Yeah. You're gonna do this again. There's always gonna be it's always it, it, nothing's ever gonna make everybody happy. Right. Yeah. And I have faith that they'll learn from this experience about not putting too many people on the show, timing things out better like building the card a bit so it like flows a bit better you know like i have hope that they will get those improvements and we'll see yep totally agree so yeah that was that was that was that was gcw hammerstein yeah um while we're here while since since we finished talking about hammerstein why don't we give you a little bit of a preview of the matches we're taking a look at next week Yes. Uh, because if you noticed, one of the matches we said was coming up didn't end up getting reviewed because we replaced it with a fan-suggested match. Uh, but next week's, ep- next week's episode, we are definitely going to be talking about Allison Kay versus Jocelyn Navarro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got two new matches to talk about. Yes. So a lot of these happened by coincidence with the event, the timing of everything that happened. So the first mm-hmm. match that I decided to pick for us was Mercedes Martinez versus um, Viperus. At Ladies' Night Out 11 from WrestleCade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it very amusing that I picked a Mercedes Mercedes match without realizing that she's in AEW because she hasn't had a match yet up until this point of recording. 
Yep. But the more coincidental one is I then was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm in the mood to see a Briscoes match. Because Lauren always gushes about how goddamn good the Briscoes are. And I had forgotten that they had their tag, or they might have not announced it yet, their tag challenge beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then coincidentally, the Viking Raiders, God, I hate that name sometimes, are having a tag team match, a title match, at the Royal Rumble. So I picked, by coincidence, War Machine, the Vi- a.k.a. the Viking Raiders, against the Briscoes. The Viking Raiders, the War Raiders. There are uh, many the different Viking, names. The Viking Experience. Yeah. At Ring of Honor. God, I still find it hilarious they made that their finishing name. That's that's a good way of taking a shit name and making it funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I picked these two teams, War Machine Briscoes, by coincidence. I just found that all very amusing, and I've been sitting on that for like a week now. I was like, heh. <laughs> yeah, so next week we got another three matches to, to take a look at. Uh, back to we our regularly scheduled those. programming. Back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Uh, but I hope you all enjoyed this uh, little review of GCW Hammerstein, and because uh, me and Zach just really wanted to talk about it after last night. Yep. And to those of you that are listening that don't usually listen to these special episodes, thank you for listening. Honestly, it's yeah. always nice to like mix things up with like episodes like these, and we appreciate mm-hmm. your views. It's nice not to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for sticking around. Uh, go check out the rest of the Countout Network. Go check out countoutpod.com where we have all the information you might need on any podcast we have here on the network, like Ring Post Radio, Your Dose of Death, How to Talk to Your Friends About Wrestling, uh, Pure, all kinds of fun. Uh, happy Hour, of course, and you know all kinds of fun stuff here on the Countout Network. Uh, you should also go give us that five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify uh, because five-star ratings really help uh, podcasts like us uh, get the more ears and more eyes. Uh, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us that five-star review over there. That would be really helpful. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at CountOutPod uh, or on Facebook, uh, CountOut Our Wrestling Podcast Network. And on YouTube, you can subscribe to CountOut Our Wrestling Podcast Network. Um. I believe that's all of the plugs, Zach. Oh, right. You can also become a member of the Counter Network uh, by going to countoutpod.com slash membership and subscribing for $5 a month to become a member. And once you become a member, you get exclusive audios for life for from the entire Countout team. Uh, and uh, you can support all your favorite shows in any way you feel you choose. So you can go do that over at countoutpod.com slash membership. And I believe that's all the plugs out of the way. Zach, you got anything? Nine. Didn't think so. So that just leaves us with one thing left to say, and that is to remember. There's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Hi guys, this is Lauren. 
This is Michael. And this is Your Dose of Death Podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Countout Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Countout Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. And see you at the shows.